0: message he said to me yes hold on to things loosely but to the steering wheel tightly if we were driving when we were talking about it you know anyway that's his time um, but we hold on to jesus tightly and the world loosely you agree yes Amen. okay i'm going to talk to you a little bit about how we're holding these days i'm going to do an example Callie, I'm going to use you for example. Come up here. All right. Can she get away from me? I? Okay. She, I'm holding tightly, man. She can't do nothing. She can't go nowhere. She's doing what I want her to do. And that means stay here. She ain't going nowhere. But see, God says, like the butterfly, right? Let it go. And it was meant to be we'll to come So we got to hold on to things loosely. We even have to hold on to people loosely because I'll tell you, what I have seen is I have seen people who have been married for a long, long time. They lose their spouse, and they've held on to that spouse so tightly, they don't know who they are. They've lost themselves. Praise God, nobody in here has done that. But there are people out there that have done that, and they're they're lost. They don't, they don't, oh my. I lived through my husband. It was whatever he said went. You know, we have got to be individuals, women and men, in our own rights, but yet as a partner as well, okay? So I'm going to read you a scripture, and it says, 1 John 2, 15, about love, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We talked about it in Bible study that um, money is the root of all evil. No, that's not what it says, right, Butch? It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So love not the money. Love not the world or the things in it. The things in it could be a car, a truck, a boat, a trip, people, family. We're going, I don't want to to go be with you, Lord, because I want to watch my grandchildren grow up. Now, that's great. That's great. But I don't know. If you went to heaven, I'm pretty sure you don't want to come back down and watch your grandchildren grow up. Once you get there, you're going to get a taste of heaven, and you're not going to want to come back. So I'm just telling you, we need to let go of the world. We need to be a peculiar people. I heard this quote by Yoda. I don't know. I watch Star Wars. I'm sorry, but I do. Uh, Love not the world, it says. He said, I heard a quote from Yoda, and it says, let go of everything that you fear to lose. Otherwise, you will end up on the dark side. It's very true. If you hold on to something and you just, I mean, who wants to be shadowed all the time? It's awful because they're watching what you're doing right. They're watching what you're doing wrong. I had to let go of Tom in this regard because I'm following him around to see what he's doing. And if he's doing it right, who's right? My right. Okay? My expectations we got to let go of our spouses. Because I even told him one day, I said, you know what? I, I don't want you to ever feel that I have kept you from living your life. I don't want you to one day when I die, if I die before you, that you say, oh, I'm never getting married again. I'm never going through that again. I'm never having a woman in my life again. I don't want none of it. I don't want him to say that. Do you want anybody to say that when you're gone? I don't think we want that. The other thing that we hold on to is the past. We hold on to the past. Um, I don't know, I think it was Greg that was talking about something, and I I watched a show on Sylvester Stallone. It was a documentarian. He was talking about how all his life he was beat by his dad and did awful things to him. He was had a horrible upbringing of his father and um, on his father's deathbed, very, very old and aged, he goes forgive and love everybody he goes, wait a minute why didn't you do that all my life he says, because I just got it so you see when when we hold on to those past things like, oh I grew up bad and, and my parents didn't treat me well and my kids were acting this way, whatever well, remember how I've told you many times about the plight of my grandchildren. How I've told you that I had to release them because they live in Pennsylvania. As much as I would like to be in their lives, I'm too far. I'm the I'm the grandma. I'm the I'm the. They call me the pretty grandma. <laughs> That's kind of cute. But um, they say I, you know I live so far away. We text once in a while. Well, I got a miracle because I have been praying. Even though they don't want to talk to me per se. I've been praying for them, and I lift them to the Lord all the time. And my oldest granddaughter, I talked to her three days ago on the phone. I had never called her on the phone. I thought I would. She goes, Grandma, are you still a pastor? And I said, Yes, I am. She goes, Good, because when I grow up, I want to be a pastor too. This is my granddaughter that I never thought I would ever hear those words come out of my mouth. And God is meeting her because what I got out of the way. I let her go and I wasn't trying to put my agenda upon my granddaughters.
1: I said, Lord,
0: have your way, but draw them to your spirit. Draw them to your sight. And on top of it, as a 16-year-old girl who has a boyfriend whom she loves, For two years, she'd been dating this guy. She'd go on trips with him. She would go meet the family. She loved this guy. His name is Jesus. Oh, wow. She had to let him go. I said, so you still have your boyfriend? And she goes, no, I broke up with him because he's making fun of me being a Christian. He's an atheist. Oh, wow. She chose Jesus. I said, she's got the Holy Ghost. Only the Holy Ghost is going to help her do that. as a 16-year-old girl letting a boyfriend go, yeah. he was really cute and everything. she let him go. Yeah. She knows what's important and the value of holding on to what is real. at 16. she's going to avoid many of the problems that we went through until we finally got it. Yeah. okay stiff-necked yeah. and stubborn. whatever stubborn. yeah) <laughs> And the other thing that I realized realize is that you know do you have a house full of stuff like you have a garage and stuff do you ever want to get rid of it no because you go I might use it I might need it later so we don't get rid of some stuff you know we need to let go of that stuff too because God's going to give you new stuff you're holding on to this old one leg in the in the old and one leg in the new we need to let go of what we fear to lose or what we fear to mean. Again, it'll bring you to the dark side. Stress, hopelessness, fear. Remember last week I told you about the kids um, at juvenile hall who just had hopelessness. They just said, let the bombs fly. It doesn't matter. We're going to all die anyways. Well, it's what, 40 years later? They've probably got kids of their own now grown up. Um, They learned from the Bible study to hold on To Jesus, their anchor. They figured out that, oh, that's real. The world isn't. So they were able to learn how to hold on to the world. And I'm going to read you something that these kids wrote in December 21st, 1994. Back in the time when I was leading in to the Lord. I'm just going to do it. It's a rap. I'm not a rapper. So this is what I wanted to tell you. It's about a Christmas. It's about Christmas. Here's a little story I would like to tell about the Lord Jesus Christ that you know so well. Started way back in history with King Herod, Joseph, and Mary. See, they traveled so far to Bethlehem, but there was no room for them inside the inn. So they stayed in a manger full of hay and sheep, where they lay down to go to sleep. An angel appeared with a big white beard and said to you this day, will be born a babe. His name will be Jesus, He'll so take away your sins if you open up your heart and let him in. A star shone bright in Bethlehem that night, and wise men came to worship his name. With them they brought with, with them they brought gifts and laid them at his feet to receive the king and the devil defeat. Here we are today two thousand years away. He's just as real as back in that day. One, two, three, four, the Lord is knocking at your door. Will you let him in or stay in sin? Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. We're visitors here are not here to stay, we believe in Jesus Christ, we will be with him one day. Awesome. Kids that wrote that, teenagers that wrote that as a T because they had hope restored. Oh, nice. I'm telling you, hope is an antidote to what we need today. The people of Israel, they need hope. That's the antidote today. We need to let go of those things that we're holding on to. That we're holding on to does anybody know what i'm talking about is there anything in your life that you're holding on to maybe your kids maybe um a an issue a situation a job a, an item a house whatever it could be he wants you to hold it loosely tom and i i told you before we both lost houses and fires different times um i didn't know him yet he didn't know me but we both lost houses in fires burnt to the ground And I had to hold on to that house loosely. It was my dream home. But I didn't let it devastate me. See, when you hold on to something so tightly, it will devastate you if you lose it. So what does Cory Tan have to say about this? She, and I'm going to read it to you. Let me see. I have it here. Because it's so important that you hear how she wrote, how she, how she spoke. Shortly after her death, Corey Ten Boom attended a church in Southern California. Following the worship service, she met briefly with her pastor. She inquired about his family, how many children, their ages, that sort of thing. She detected his great love for each one and very tenderly admonished him to be careful not to hold on to them too tightly. Cuffing her wrinkled hands in front of him, she passed in a statement of advice he'll never forget. In her strong Dutch, Dutch accent, she says, Pastor, you must learn to hold everything loosely, everything, even your dear family. Why? Because the father may wish to take some of them back to himself. And when he does, it will hurt you to pry your fingers loose. That is what she said. She kinda repeated, remember, hold everything loosely, everything, everything. That's Corey Ten Boom if you know who she was. A very, very amazing pillar in the Israel nation. So we need to let go of everything that is controlling us. Do you know that addictions come when you haven't let go of something? Addictions come from that. And you know what addic- all the addictions is? Is the need for love. They're trying to fill a void. And if we did our job as loving one another like we are supposed to, I believe there's a lot of addictions that will never happen. But a lot of addictions have happened in our lives growing up. But God wants us to let go of those too. Everything is perfect, someone said. How is it perfect? Because it's how I want it. So I need to even let go of what I want to do. Do you agree? We need to let go of what we want. Say, Lord, what is it that you want? I think Lori and I would always be talking about that. I just want what God wants. I want God's will, and I love this passage, and it's in Revelation 17:17, 17, 17, and when it talks about God allowed that person to be stiff-necked and stubborn so he can do his will. See, he allows these things. He even made Pharaoh's heart harden so that he can show his glory to the people. And the only reason why he does this is to show his glory to us. That's the only reason why he does it.
1: Do you ever listen to... I'm
0: going to go on a side... like a little rabbit trail here. Have you ever watched pastors on TV yelling... They're yelling with their microphones, and they're yelling. You know what? I have to tell you something. I just throw this out here. You don't need to yell anymore because back then they didn't have microphones. So, so I'm just, I had to throw that out there. I, it was something that was on my mind. We don't need to be yelling. We can get excited, absolutely, but we don't need to spit and yell at people. I don't think so. Anyway, that's my – I just had to throw that in there. So what does the Bible say about this life? John 12, 25 says, He that loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it into life eternal. You know, while sharing this with my husband, he said this, Yes, God wants only our love because everything else is from this planet. God even doesn't love the world. He made the world, but he doesn't love it. That's our, that's our example See, holding something loosely means we free ourselves from attaching to an expectation. Matthew nineteen twenty says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth nor rust can corrupt, nor thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also." So God is not looking at what you're doing. He's looking at your heart. Proverbs 11.28 says, He that trusts in riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money, I talked about it a minute ago, is the root of all evil, while which some coveted after they have erred from the faith. Did you know he's talking to Christians? How can you err from a faith if you're not in faith in the first place. So he's talking to the believer. You can be so deceived in thinking that that money is going to be what you need when really we need God because in that he says "Then I will provide all that you need. 1 Corinthians 7.20, I'm going to read this. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called to be a servant? Care not for it, but if you may be free, use it. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price, but not ye the servants of men, or stuff. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. You know, I had something happen to me a few days ago. And um, I told you last week that I was going to be stepping down as pastor at January 1st well um, God had another decision on my mind you know what you can't go forward unless you put on the pedal you you might make a decision and God goes eh, let's go over here but at least I'm moving I'm moving forward and so I, I remember laying in bed and goes, what do you want me to do I just want to do God's will I want to do what you want me to do and he goes go read your bible (laughs) <laughs> okay. I got up, went into my little closet. The Bible was opened up to a place where I left off from before. It was John 7, 29 that I read. And it says, I have put you there. Ooh. That did it. That cinched it up for me. And then, and then that's when my granddaughter, that same hour, asked me if I was still the pastor because she wants to be one too. Now, is that God giving me two confirmations? I don't know what is. So I told uh, the board last week, because I had kind of talked about it a little bit. The only way I'm going to be out of here is if God moves me out, okay? First of all, if somebody wants to come in and do it, and whatever you vote in, or my feet first, whatever happens first, okay? So I just want you to know. So be praying for me that my feet don't go up first. (laughs) But hallelujah, I know where they'll end up. Amen. <laughs> Paul said nothing controls him He learned how to let go of everything And hold on lightly 1 Corinthians 6-12 All things are lawful unto me But all things are not expedient All things are lawful for me But I will not be brought under any power of it Anytime you have something in your life That causes to be over you. You think about it and day in and day out. It messes with you. It's just a little something nipping at your thinking. It's controlling you. That's what you gotta let go. You gotta let go. Because you hold, something in you is holding on to it tightly. God is encouraging us to hold things of this world lightly. Mark 4.19 says this. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasures and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. And I like James. I just studied James. It's just my favorite word. For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withers the grass and the flower thereof falleth. fallen and the grace and the fashion of the perisheth, So also shall a rich man fade away in his ways. For when he is tried, he will endure. For when he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. We talked about stiff-necked and stubborn. What about submission? Okay? It's right up there. It means to hold things of the world loosely, but hold on to God tightly. That's Submission. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Luke 9, 23 and 25. So just to give you a little uh, synopsis of denying yourself. Because if you're holding on to yourself tightly, you're also going to have problems. We lay down our will. We lay down our desires. We remember our sinful nature before Christ and know that he has forgiven us of all of our sins. We laid down all of our plans, all of our achievements. And remember that the love of money is the root of evil, not just money. Are we willing to give up anything he asks us to give up? I remember reading the book, Hines Feet in High Places by Hannah Bernard. One of my favorite books is an allegory about uh, walking with Jesus. And she says, I don't know if I can do what he's going to ask me to do so she just shies away from Jesus I think we need to say Lord I'm afraid of what you're going to ask me to do let's be honest I'm afraid of what you're going to ask me to do but let's go for it you know one of the things that that, um, that show that I watched with Sylvester Stallone one quote he said out of this whole hour and a half that stuck in my spirit every time I got beat down and beat up I got up and kept going Is that what a Christian is? I mean, we can fall seven times, but then we can rise up seven times. And that song, our hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. Keeping our mind on things above doesn't make you an airhead. Keeping your mind on things above doesn't make you an airhead. Keeping your mind on things above makes you a God-fearing person. Because it says right here, if you um, be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Which Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ. Simple. I love the scripture. You don't have to add to it. It knows what it says. To be heavenly-minded is to be godly. So as we are wearing garments these days, how many of you remember wearing neckties growing up? You had to in church or whatever. These guys had to wear neckties. And girls had to wear hats. They were constricting. You're like pulling at your neck. You're not listening to nothing anybody is saying because you're too busy with this tight garment. See, we are needing to wear the world loosely around us. Not be so strict and, and rigid into what's going on in the world, but be constrained by love. The Bible talks about being constrained by love. Paul said, counted all loss. Everything is done. <laughs> Philippians 3 8. So how do we count everything as loss? Renouncing. That means if we must choose between Christ and anything else, we choose Christ. Renouncing all means that we will deal with everything in a way that draws us near to Christ. We can gain him. Renouncing all, counting all as loss, means that we will seek to deal with the things of this world in ways that show that they are not our treasure, but rather Christ is our treasure. For where your heart is, there is your treasure also. Renouncing all, counting all as loss means that if we lose any or all the things that this world can offer, we will not lose our joy or our treasure of life. In the song we were singing, it says, Though I become a pauper, though I uh, I have nothing left, I'm still going to serve the Lord. Can we say that? Can we say that if my health goes down the tubes? I'm not going to constantly ask God why. But I am going to say, Lord, I want what you want. Rise above what it is we're going through. The Bible tells us to sit with Jesus in the heavenlies. We can. You know, when when you're not feeling good, say, Lord, I'm going to sit with you right now. He'll pull you out. You know, when I come through these doors and I'm standing up here doing this, I feel like a million bucks. I go home and I'm like, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Tom would say that whenever I'd go to a conference. I mean, the words would come out. The fire would come out. People would be healed. Lives would be changed. And I'd go home and he'd say, you go home and you suck your thumb. <laughs> he sees what goes on behind the doors. He sees that I am just a person like everybody else. But when you're in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do all things through Christ. He's the one in me doing this. I can't be up here doing this. My feet would be up in the air if I was doing it at my own strength. When I go home, I take a nap. Because he's used me in the power of his might. See, God simply wants us to hold on to his love. The Old Testament was about it, and the New Testament was about it. I need to throw this out here. God doesn't want us to go from deliverance to deliverance to deliverance, but from glory to glory to glory. And Butch even touched on it this morning. He goes, once you're delivered, now we can move forward. Now we can really hear God. Now we can do the things. Of course, that's my paraphrase from what he said. Uh, we can do the things. I I am just I'm just ecstatic by God. In our individual lives, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to speak to us, to get us up, to move us, to give us ideas, to download things into our lives that we never even thought we could do. And he did that in the Old Testament with people. He doesn't want us to just be getting up, oh, I'm just hanging in there. You might as well just give me a noose and hang me, right? I don't want to just be hanging in there. Do you just want to be hanging in there? Or do you want to say, oh, I'm victorious today? You might not be victorious today, but you might want to say you are. Speak those things that are not as though they are. Because now you're putting your mind in heavenly places. Mark 4.19 says, The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering and choke the world and it becomes unfruitful. See, we... See each other's fruit. Do you see each other's fruit? You know, you know where we are. I mean, I remembered somebody saying to me one time, Well, Linda, I thought you were farther along than you are because he didn't see the fruit that I should have had at that age. And I go, Ooh, he kicked me in there, you know what? And I got going and I started seeking God. That's been 20 years, and so now he's really moving and shaking in my world. But we need to line up everything with the word. And, and we talked about it in the Bible study that everything happens, point A, then B, then C, in order. Not X first and over here and flops around. Something has to be built and it's done decently and in order. We have to stop holding on to this world and what we think we need to be okay Hold on to the Lord tightly. Let me give you you a little secret that is not a secret. When you hold on to the Lord tightly, he will give you those things that you were seeking. (laughs) It's the way it works.